Welcome, guys, to our first ever BLA podcast. My name is Ajani Cobb. And just to tell you a little bit about BLA or Black Leaders Achievers, we strive to develop leadership skills through the education of Black culture and its deep history. And so you may be wondering why we chose a podcast. Well, with everyone stuck in quarantine with not much to do besides homework and relax, we decided that a podcast could be listened to while doing homework, while driving, or while just while relaxing. Creating a podcast would allow us to reach a wider audience. We would allow we would reach students who are unable to make it to BLA meetings or just students who are interested in BLA but haven't joined yet. And a podcast would be a great way to show what BLA is and what we're about. So the, one of the goals of BLA is to educate people about Black culture and its deep history. So every single podcast, we're going to give you a fun fact or a this day in history. And so today's fact is the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Alabama's laws that allowed segregation on public buses. The landmark decision was a result of the Montgomery bus boycott, in which African-Americans refused to ride public buses for more than a year in response to the arrest of Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks famously refused to give up her seat in front of the bus to a white man in 1955. I feel like we often hear the term busing. And we never really know what it means. But in order to understand it, we need to go through some history first. Kids have been riding buses to get to school ever since the 1920s. But the practice became politically charged when the desegregation buzzing started in 1950s in an attempt to integrate schools. In the 1954 U.S. Supreme Court landmark ruling in Brown v. Board of Education in Topeka, Kansas, unanimously found racially segregated schools to be unconstitutional and in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. In that case, one plaintiff, Linda Brown, a third grader, had been forced to walk six blocks to catch the bus to take her to a black school, even though a white school was seven blocks from her front door. A few years later, desegregated busing began began in school districts to take black and Latino students to white schools and bring white students to schools made up of minority students. The controversial program was devised to create more diverse classrooms and close achievement and opportunity gaps. In Charlotte, busing was seen as a success. In 1971, the Supreme Court's ruling in Swan versus Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education unanimously upheld busing. The decision effectively sped up school integration, which had slowly taken root. After the ruling, school integration in Charlotte, North Carolina was lauded as a success. With schools across the country looking to the city as an example of how to implement desegregation, research by Rosalind Mickelson, a sociologist at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, showed that between 1971 and in 2002, the majority of Charlotte Mecklenburg students attended racially desegregated schools and achievement for all students improved. Charlotte Mecklenburg's proudest achievement of the past 20 years is not the city's impressive new skyline or its strong growing economy. A 1984 editorial in the Charlotte Observer noted its proudest achievement is its fully integrated schools. However, busing was not always faced with positivity. In Boston, court-ordered busing faced a tougher battle in Boston after U.S. District Judge W. Arthur Garrity ordered the city's public schools to desegregate in June 1974. Protests in a New England city erupted and persisted for months, sometimes turning violent. More than 400 court orders would be required to carry out the busing plan over the next decade, the Boston Globe reported in 2014. 
thousands of students would flee the city schools, white enrollments would plummet, education would continue to suffer, and many of those sent distant schools dropped out and never graduated. Decades later, the violent start of busing would widely be seen as the worst moment in, in the city's history. Boston wasn't the first city to experience a busing backlash. Court-ordered busing efforts drew immediate protests across the country beginning in New York in 1957 and fanning out to cities like Baltimore, Maryland, Pontiac, Michigan, and in Louisville, Kentucky. However, in the 1980s, voluntary busing programs peaked. Busing programs became voluntary in many communities following the passage of the General Education Provision Acts of 1974, which prohibits federally appropriated funds for busing. Berkeley, California was among the cities that continued a voluntary busing program. The plan which led future California Senator Kamala Harris, then a kindergartner, to attend a school outside her neighborhood in 1969, quickly changed the racial demographics of the city's schools. Voluntary busing programs continued in the 1970s and peaked in the early 1980s. The trend toward increased integration began to shift, however, in the 1990s when a series of court rulings released school districts from court-ordered desegregation plans, deeming them no longer necessary. Courts even began to tamp down on local voluntary busing programs. A 2007 Supreme Court ruling in parents involved in community schools versus Seattle School District No. 1 limited the ways in which districts can promote desegregation. Busing's Legacy Matthew Delma, a professor of history at Dartmouth College, writes that the hot-button issue of the busing crisis was not about busing, but about unconstitutional racial discrimination in the public schools. Judges ordered busing as a remedy in the northern school districts such as Boston, Denver, Detroit, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Pontiac that were found guilty of intentional Dujer segregation in violation of Brown versus the Board of Education and the 14th Amendment. Black leaders were mixed on the practice. Activist Jesse Jackson, NAACP officials, and U.S. Rep. Shirley Chrisholm were among those who supported busing efforts and policies. But many black nationalists argue that focus should be instead placed on strengthening schools in the black communities. A February 1981 Gallup poll found 60% of blacks were in favor of busing, while 30% were opposed to it. Among white people surveyed, 17% favored busing and 78% were against it. It ain't the bus, it's us, Jackson told the New York Times in 1981. Busing is absolutely a code word for desegregation. The forces that have been historically been in charge of segregation are now being asked to be in charge of desegregation. Still, some scholars see the desegregation busing as a success. A 2011 study by Rucker Johnson, a professor at the University of California, Berkeley's Goldman School of Public Policy, found that school desegregation significantly increased educational and occupational achievements college quality, and adult earnings for black students. It also reduced the probability of incarceration and improved adult health status. Among white students, Johnson found desegregation had no measurable effect. Despite the results, desegregation busing remained limited. In the end, Delmont writes, the court-ordered busing effort, which applied to fewer than 5% of the nation's public school students, failed to more fully desegregate public schools 
because school officials, politicians, courts, and news media value the desires of parents more than the rights of black students. Today, many school districts across the country remain largely segregated. According to a 2019 report by the nonprofit ED Build, more than half of U.S. children attend schools in districts where the student population is either more than 75% white or more than 75% non-white. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to BLA's first podcast. And if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please DM at Black Leaders Achievers, one word, on Instagram. That's at Black Leaders Achievers on Instagram. If you have any questions, concerns about the podcast, or if you would like to be involved with the podcast, we're still looking for spots and people who could fill potential speaking roles on the podcast. That's at Black Leaders Achievers on Instagram. Thank you.